Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Now, if, if you are a parent, unless you have downloaded this podcast and, and you're listening you know, in the car, uh, go ahead and grab your tablet or laptop, uh, even just a pen and piece of paper if you want, because I think you're going to want to jot down a few notes from our conversation today. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And if you are a parent still raising minor children, our conversation today is just for you. My guest will be the always informative Heather Walzer, uh, an associate at Lavelle Law. Heather joins me from time to time on the podcast. And we discuss things like estate planning and related issues. And I know I always walk away with, uh, with something new from the conversation. And today I think you will as well. We're going to hear about short-term guardianship and why you may need it. Uh, nothing scary, nothing complicated, just sound advice that uh, most of us probably have not considered. So let's, let's dig in and find out what's going on here. First of all, Heather, welcome back. Well, Jim, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Good to have you here. Now, in the past... We've talked about, oh boy, wills, estate plans, powers of attorney for health care, a lot of other topics like that. But um, somehow short-term guardianship is, is not something that's come up that I recall. So why don't you give me a quick introduction to the topic? Well, the idea of it is for people who are maybe going out of town or, or having a medical procedure or something that is going to keep them out of pocket and unable to um, care for or essentially be the guardian over their minor children. Um, so it's, as I said, the, the most common place that we see it is with a couple or a parents who are leaving town for a business trip mm-hmm. or vacation, um, leaving the children with a sitter or a grandparent or, or someone else other than the parent, um, and needing to ensure that the person with whom the children has been, have been left uh, have the power to um, do what would be necessary as a guardian for the child or children. Yeah, and obviously, you know, we can all pick someone to watch the kids, but this goes a little bit further than that. What, what type of authority does this grant to the guardian? Yeah, well, the main grant of authority is legal authority to make decisions concerning the minor child that are in the best interest of the child. So very similar to what a parent would do. Um, now, there are some limits. Um, it, it's generally intended to be for not necessarily emergency situations, but time-sensitive type situations. So a uh, very common example is, as I said, carrying through on the uh, parents being out of town scenario. Parents go on vacation, uh, go out of town, leave the minor children with grandma and grandpa, for example. And, um, you know, minor child A uh, falls out of the tree. He's climbing in the backyard, breaks his arm, and needs to go to the hospital and have medical care. In that situation, you want grandma and grandpa to be able to take the child into the hospital and authorize the medical procedures that the doctors are going to want to perform. Um, So it's mainly intended for those types of things, not for longer-term planning or um, uh, larger issues. So, you know, it's interesting when you use the the medical example there, which I probably assume is is a very prevalent one in this instance. 
why is this process necessary? If, if as you say, grandma or grandpa have the child, something happens, they need to take them in, are, are they generally not allowed to make decisions, and does this give them something that a doctor needs to see to go ahead and do certain procedures? Yeah, it, it can really be um, limiting to not have mm-hmm. that document in place. Um, the physicians... Obviously, if the child is in dire medical need uh, and um, is brought into an emergency room or or to a pediatrician's office with a life-threatening or other dire medical emergency, the physician is going to provide treatment, I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. with or without the short-term guardianship being in place. But for other medical issues that could, and first and foremost, it definitely makes things even in that sort of life-threatening or uh, emergent type of a medical situation, it makes things go more smoothly if you have the short-term guardianship because it takes it off, takes the question of who are you and why do you have this child here off the table. If you can provide the administrative staff in the doctor's office or the emergency room with that document, it just circumvents the entire um, process of trying to figure out if you have authority to be here and who you are. Um, so that's sort of first. Second, though, where in a in a more, I guess I would call it routine medical type situation, it's necessary and also very helpful to have the short-term guardianship in place for something like, you know, let's say the child, it's not a life-threatening emergency, but... Um, the child uh, maybe has a prescription and mom and dad forgot to fill the prescription before they left town and grandma and grandpa say, oh dear, you know, a child is having an allergy attack and needs his Mm -hmm. medicine. Um, And, you know, it's not anything life-threatening. It's just something that kind of would make the child uncomfortable. They can easily, with that short-term guardian paper in place, uh, go into the doctor's office for what would be more of a routine medical issue. Um, Similarly, things like, uh, you know, uh, let's say a parent-teacher conference is scheduled and, and, you know, the parents are in the hospital or on vacation or on a business trip. Um, You know, grandma or grandpa could come in and and handle that or whomever is watching the children and has the short-term guardianship in place. So it's a... To be be clear, in a true emergent, life-threatening situation, it's not going to harm the child's health if you do not have mm-hmm. one of these documents in place. The, you know, clearly the hospital or the physician is going to treat the child, but certainly makes things easier if you have it in those life-threatening emergency situations. Then in the more quote-unquote routine situations, uh, it allows for the guardian to be able to go into the proper um, provider or authority and deal with the situation, even if it's not life-threatening. Now, is this something that once you have children, you can put this document in place and just sort of have it be blanket coverage of someone assigned to be that responsible person anytime you're gone, or is it, I think you've used the term short-term or the phrase short-term. Yeah. No, what, what's the duration? A, yeah, that's a really good question. So by statute, the duration is limited to no more than 365 days. So the short-term guardianship is intended to be exactly that, a short-term, finite, set period of time that has a set beginning and a set end. So in the normal circumstance, you see it because of uh, a trip, uh, a medical procedure, some reason that the parents are going to be out of pocket for a finite, short period of time. 
So if there were going to be an issue where the parent was unavailable to act as the guardian of the child or to care for the child for more than 365 days, at that point you would need to be looking at a true long-term permanent guardianship situation. Um, So to your point, it's really not possible to set up a constant um, short-term guardian who could just step in whenever, uh, whenever the parent is not around. The best practice is really to execute a new short-term guardianship uh, authorization each time there is an anticipated short-term period in which the parent will be unavailable. Um, now, with that said, uh, let's say that the parents go ahead and, and enter into the short-term guardianship, execute the appropriate document, and say, I would like you know, my, my best friend to be the guardian of my minor child for the next four weeks because I will be on a long trip or a long vacation or what have you. Uh, circumstances change. Parent uh, is able to come home early from the trip. At that point, the parent can terminate the short-term guardianship. Unlike a long-term permanent court-appointed guardianship, a short-term guardianship can be terminated at any time. A parent could execute a short-term guardianship document saying it's supposed to last for four weeks, and the next day they could revoke it, tear it up, and say this is no longer in place. So that's an important point to note is that it is intended to cover a specific period of time, but it's not binding on the parent. It's not as if they give up their guardianship irrevocably for the next four Mm -hmm. weeks if they enter into this document. Uh, Heather Walzer of Lavelle Law is my guest today. She's... uh sharing, as usual, a great deal of information today about short-term guardianships and always fortunate when when Heather makes time to be a part of the podcast. Uh, But I also take advantage of uh, the knowledge she can share by following her on Twitter at HGWalzer and periodically visit LavelleLaw.com where I can find articles authored by Heather, uh, including several recent recaps on uh, Do Not Resuscitate Laws in Illinois and a, a very interesting take on jury duty. So uh, if you look under the Resources tab at LavelleLaw.com, you'll find uh, articles by Heather and a number of her peers over at the firm. Um, Heather, back to our conversation. I, I'm sure parents are thinking, okay, you know, sounds like a great idea. I really should do this, but you know, I don't have time for a legal process, and I really don't want to incur any legal fees right now. Is this, is this a big deal for them to get this in place? Not at all, not at all. So under the statute, there are four main requirements you have to satisfy in order for a short-term guardianship to be valid. Um, The first uh, is that you you merely just have to have an actual form, a a paper form for the appointment. Uh, it's It's a short, specific statutory form that lays out exactly what needs to be done uh, in terms of appointing a guardianship. So it's a written form. It can be downloaded uh, from, the, uh, from, from the state's website. Um, there's an easy form to find. Our office actually will provide the form free of charge as well uh, for anyone who would want to um, call me or stop into our office. That is something that we do as a service to clients and potential clients. So that's step one. There is a particular statutory paper form that just needs to be filled out. It's very simple. Um, so kind of in conjunction with that, the second requirement under the statute is that the guardianship, short-term guardianship, must be in writing, which is taken care of by the form. It also must be witnessed by at least two persons over the age of 18. So you've got to have witnesses 
they have to be competent, and they cannot be the same people you are naming as the short-term guardian of the child. So you have to have kind of uninterested, competent witnesses who watch the, sign- you know, the signatories sign the document, and then they sign, indicating that they watch the signing. Um, the person who's appointed as the guardian also has to sign the form. You can't appoint someone as a short-term guardian without telling them. They need to be aware of it uh, for obvious reasons. Um, so that's important. Um, in addition to that, so, so that, that's a requirement of consent. The mm-hmm. short-term guardian must consent. In addition, both parents, any, any parent whose parental rights have not been terminated, uh, whether it's an adoptive parent, a birth parent, uh, whether there's been a divorce, as long as that parent has uh, parenting or custodial rights over the child, he or she must agree to it. They must agree to the short-term uh, guardianship. So it must be signed by any parent who has uh, uh, any sort of parenting or legal rights over the child. Um, then finally, the, the, the fourth sort of uh, requirement is that the short-term guardianship can become effective immediately upon signing uh, or you can have it become effective on a future date. If you know that you're planning a trip and you're going to be out of town, you can sign it three weeks early just to have everything squared away. Um, then, as we alluded to before, the other timing requirement is that it can only last for 365 days or less. Um, so in connection with that, typically in the short-term guardianship form, you want to have a start date and an end date specified. Um, so that's sort of that fourth requirement. It's the length and the timing requirement. Now, all of that said, the parent, as I mentioned before, always has the right to terminate the short-term guardianship at any time after it is created uh, and signed. Okay. Well, just two quick questions here before we go, just to make sure I've got the information. Um, one, to be real clear, it doesn't have to be a family member that you appoint as a short-term guardian. It could be anyone who's, a, who's an adult. And then two, uh, I heard you say a form can be picked up, can be downloaded. You have it available at the office, and it's nothing that anyone really has to incur any fees to file. It's a service you provide. Correct, correct. Both of those are absolutely right. Uh, You can name anyone who is over 18 and competent to serve as guardian. Obviously, you want to use your best judgment and choose someone who is going to perform those duties well and in the best interest of the children. Then, uh, as you said, the the form for establishing the short-term guardianship is very straightforward and simple uh, and can be executed either from the uh, State of Illinois website, Finding the Statute, or it's available in our office. Well, excellent. Uh, certainly want to thank Heather for her time. Again, I always appreciate it when she's here. Enjoy uh, the conversation and appreciate all of you being here as you listen in each week to our, our podcast. You can reach Heather or any of the attorneys at Lavelle Law by visiting their website at lavellelaw.com or by calling 847-705-7555. Thanks for listening.